This is Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. We recently ran across an article in Women's Health called The Doctor's Office Isn't Always a Safe Space for LGBTQ People. This advice could save a life. And with a line like that, that really caught our attention. So basically, it's an article sharing tips on self-advocacy in the doctor's office. Now, Jessica Hallam is the former LGBTQ director at Harvard Medical School and currently a director of uh, the Tegan and Sarah Foundation, which is an organization advocating for the health, economic justice, and representation of LGBTQ girls and women. Good morning, Jessica Hallam. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Um, you know, before we really dive into this project, um, could we just get a little background on uh, the Tegan and Sarah Foundation and how you got involved? Yes, of course. I mean, I, I hope all your listeners' ears perked up because they're big fans of the wonderful musicians, Tegan and Sarah. And, of course, if you're a fan of their music, you know that they are lifelong activists as well. And so they, about five years ago, the two of them started this foundation, put together a wonderful board of directors. And for the past five years, we've been really doing what they've done on the road for their entire career, which is building community, Mm -hmm. connecting with the audience, listening to what the LGBTQ community needed. And this foundation lets us move money to where it's needed most on the front lines of the LGBTQ community. We fund wonderful things like this summer, summer camps for LGBTQ kids all over Canada and the United States, as well as a lot of community grants. There's one right there in Minnesota, um, on the ground grassroots organizations that are really building communities, supporting each other in ways that maybe other funding sources are not doing. So Tegan and Sarah, the artists are are everything you would imagine. They're real, they're political, they're smart. And together we've been able to raise and give away. This year alone, we have given away $200,000. And it's just a real joy and a pleasure to be able to, of course, get to work with two amazing people like Tegan and Sarah. Yeah, they are incredible. Every time that they've been in the current studio, we're just you just walk away with a great experience and a, and a smile on your face. It's always fun to listen to them interact. And, and again, that word community is so important because they really have built that community. Well, um, Jessica, if, if we could get into our topic today, you know, just talking about the doctor's office. And, and it isn't all always a safe place for LGBTQ people. And I just I asked the big question, you know, why is that? What is going on there? Well, you're, you're probably already feeling it, saying even the doctor's office. You can feel your heart start to beat a little bit faster. You, your blood pressure is probably going up. You're probably getting a little nervous and anxious just thinking about for anyone Thinking about going to the doctor's office often can mean a lot of scary things. So in general, we know the doctor's office is a scary place for most people. And for LGBTQ people, this issue of safety really comes down to, can I be myself? Mm. Can I be open? Can I be honest? And so when you add in this uh, idea of, of not being open and honest with a doctor, you've got a real recipe for disaster, right? So if you are talking about an office that's not safe, a place that's not safe, to again, be yourself, bring your whole story, tell the truth about your life um, in, a, in an environment where you know you will not be judged, 
you know, we, we won't uh, face stigma or shame for sharing our real stories. And unfortunately, it's not happening. For LGBTQ people, they are being faced with great shame, great discrimination, um, you know, everything from I don't know what you're talking about to stories of doctors actually leaving the room. I can't take care of you. You're going to have to go somewhere else. Mm. Um, th- these are these are grave issues for uh, for anyone going into the doctor's office and for people facing such huge health disparities. It's really life or death. Yeah, you mentioned uh, discrimination in the doctor's office. You know, how common is that discrimination? I have to guess more common than that, I think. Yeah, we think about this discrimination, we look at it and have studied it in two distinct ways. One is all of the barriers and issues of discrimination that we face before we've even gotten naked in the office, right? Before we're even alone with a doctor. We think about all of the ways that having health insurance discriminates against LGBTQ people. Many of us are in workplaces that don't offer it. Um, before marriage was legalized, right, we didn't have access to health insurance in the same way. We think about the actual health needs we have. Is transgender medicine covered under your health insurance? Mm. Uh, is PrEP, uh, HIV care treated the same way? All of uh, fertility, even thinking about fertility issues of, of, of making a family, right? So all of these actual real policy issues, even before we've gotten in the door, um, can really create some serious problems in our health care. Then we think about that second level of discrimination, which is now I'm in the door and the doctor, the nurse doesn't even understand my unique health care needs. They don't know how to talk to me. They don't know how to ask the right questions, but they also are not trained in the unique health care needs of LGBTQ people. Well, I wonder then, even before someone goes into the doctor's office, you know, yeah. preparation, preparation, has to you know even just mentally preparing for facing a doctor's visit that might go in that direction which is awful for someone to have to do but that preparation and really kind of knowing how to advocate for oneself and i mean i'm a straight white woman and i have a hard time doing it so yeah, it's, yeah exactly it's like how do we do that i mean do you have any tips on that yeah, this is a great question, and I, I love that you, you know, you're feeling it yourself about how can I just get be, how can I take advantage of this opportunity and make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward mm-hmm. and, and protecting myself, getting what I need out of the situation. So first, you know, we're sort of honoring and, and recognizing the barriers that I face, even just getting in the door. Yeah. But then how can I make sure that I'm actually really getting what I need? And so I think that even just preparing and thinking about it is the first most crucial step, right? So prepare for it, think about it, get right with it, you know, just instead of going in blindly or not, you know, we know that just even processing a little bit the night before, maybe talking about it with your friends and family, hey, I'm nervous about going to the doctor tomorrow. Could we just talk about it? Like, can I just walk it through? One of the tips that I share with folks all the time is a wonderful strategy of just mapping out the process in your mind before you go. So we think about like, okay, well, what train are you going to take or the bus or how are you going to get there? Where are you going to park? Are you going to eat before you go? Are you going to get a coffee when you get to the hospital? How much time are you going to give yourself? Is your morning clear so that you can get there? Mm -hmm. Um, 
What are you going to wear? Is it comfortable, right? And how are you going to make sure that you write down some of the things before you go in that you want to talk about? We know that we sort of have this fight or flight process that happens when we get anxious. So, you know, the second most important tip that I love to share is, and this is true for everyone, write down what you want to talk about before you go into the doctor's office. So if you do feel those microaggressions or those moments of bias or discomfort that we know are going to happen on your way to the doctor's office, that you can handle them, you can take a deep breath, that you can get through them, but that you've got your piece of paper, even if you're full of anxiety and fear or, or anger about what's just happened, you've got your piece of paper and you can sort of say, okay, let me go through this. Let me talk about what I'm here for, what I want to get out of this visit. What's not feeling right? We know our bodies best. Uh, we know what's changed. We know what's different. And that's the story that we need to tell when we get to the doctor's office. So again, advocating for yourself starts by preparing yourself, knowing what you want to talk about, knowing how you can really feel most comfortable before you even get into the door. You're listening to Wellness Wednesday on The Current, and I'm talking with Jessica Hallam, the former LGBTQ director at Harvard Medical School, currently director of the Tegan and Sarah Foundation. And we are talking about tips about, you know, advocating for oneself in the doctor's office. If you're a member of the LGBTQ community and you're like, gosh, I can relate to what you're talking about here. I've had a, I've had a tough time. And, and I think, as of Jessica, as I've been listening to you talk, um, you know, it's, it's important for anybody to find the right doctor. Like, sometimes it's just not a right fit. But yeah. is, is there any way, are there any resources that somebody can just, like, verify that the doctor actually knows how to care for someone in the LGBTQ community? I'm, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I think it comes as quite a shock to most people when they realize that, that, that it is a mere impossible for us to figure that out before we go. And for anyone with a health issue or a health concern, of course you want to try to find somebody who understands that health concern. If you're having heart problems, you go and see a cardiologist, right? If you're having a, if your skin, if you've got a, a mole that's changed, you go see an expert on skin, a dermatologist. So the truth is that most doctors and nurses in the United States are not trained in any way about the unique health care needs of LGBTQ people. They are not trained in it in medical school. And if we're lucky, they receive a little bit of it in their uh, residency programs. And I'm, I'm happy to say uh, Minneapolis has a wonderful family medicine program that does great training in this. But it's few and far between when we find um, training programs that integrate the unique health care needs of LGBTQ people into this education. So we first have to sort of recognize that we, we have a real problem in the United States and that our doctors are not trained in this. So we know we're, we know we're looking uh, for a needle in a haystack, but one of the solutions that we have is, uh, again, another self-advocacy tip. Can we call ahead of time and ask if there's anyone in the practice who identifies as a member of the LGBTQ community or has knowledge and training in LGBTQ health issues. And you can ask the folks at the front desk who call. You can ask your insurance provider. And it's true, more, more times than not, they're going to say, I have no idea. But at least it starts the conversation. Mm -hmm. We have to start asking before we get in the door, hey, are you ready for me? And, and if not, can you get ready? 
Yeah, and it's um, you know, it's one thing to prepare for the doctor's office, you know, or OBGYN sort of appointment, or you know what I mean. Like it's one thing to prepare for the medical appointment, but I have to imagine, you know, we haven't even really touched on the barriers um, to mental health treatment. Yeah, I mean, for all of us, we know that this is a crisis happening everywhere. We we hear stories about not enough beds for young people. Uh, in the U.S. right now, we know COVID has exasperated this, and we are we are really in a crisis of mental health care uh, support and needs. So uh, the same goes for mental health as with our physical health. We know that they're both so important. We want to treat them uh, uh, as a, a symbiotic relationship that one really supports the other. So again, calling your health insurance companies calling the therapy offices, you know, calling around to the places that are around you and saying, I am a member of the LGBTQ community and I'm looking for a provider who will be affirming and knowledgeable about my needs. And perhaps they are also a member of the community or perhaps they are somebody who has raised their hand and said, I got you, I will take care of you. And it might not be everything we need, right? They might not, again, have that training or all the real knowledge, but are they willing to go into this with me, right? Are they willing to create a safe, affirming space and together, whether it's your mental health or physical health, we can go on a journey of getting me what I need. But we have to start with a provider that's really open and affirming. Mm-hmm. Jessica Hallam is the former LGBTQ director at Harvard Medical School, currently a director of the Tegan and Sarah Foundation. And uh, Jessica, before I let you go, um, you know, is there anything that uh, allies can do to help? Is, is there anything else we should know before we let you go this morning? I love uh, when allies are ready to, to become uh, accomplices in this goal of changing healthcare for everyone. When we make healthcare more affirming for LGBTQ people, when we create a more equitable healthcare system, meaning we give people what they need, uh, not necessarily the same for everyone, and we're really listening and caring for people where they're at, that raises the bar of healthcare for everyone everywhere. Right. The same concerns that you have, I have when it has to do with the doctors. Yeah, I'm just talking about medical care and health care for the LGBTQ plus community. It's my hope that, um, you know, I think we have patients listening. It's my hope that both sides of that interaction are listening this morning. You know, doctors and those in the in the medical field to really kind of take away some of this advice as well. Jessica Hallam, I thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. Our producer is Anna Weggle, and our digital producer is Jay Gabler. Our theme music is a portion of the song FB1 Number no. 2 by Christian Bjorklund under the non-commercial Sharealike 3.0 international license. Head to thecurrent.org for more wellness content and great music.